0: Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. My guest today is Dr. Scott Norda, a longevity physician in Southern Utah, and he has tips on living a longer life and preventing cognitive decline. You'll get to meet him right after this. Who wants to help the dog rescue shelters and add some books to your library? I would think that's most of you listening. I have a new sponsor to the Lisa Fisher said podcast. It's a woman who's a certified dog trainer with NADOI, which is the National Association of Dog Obedience Instructors. Her aim is to create dog breed identity for best selection. That means an owner's lifestyle should always dictate the breed of dog that person selects. She's a lifelong animal lover and she's Pat becker Wallace. She's an author and a philanthropist. She's devoted her life and her livelihood to animals as a dog lover, an animal enthusiast, and a pet advocate. She even hosted a national PBS show called The World of Dogs Biography Series. She's written many books and has partnered with many authors to write books to educate your children and to entertain your family with these books that deal with dogs. In fact, her goal with these books is to do what she's always done, that's to match the right breed with the right owner, which is so important to her. And the best part is when you buy one of these books, you are benefiting local shelters. Some of these are in Arkansas, including Care And out of the woods. One of the books from her website benefits the Heifer Ranch in Perryville, Arkansas. It's a book about these unique dogs at the Heifer Ranch. So I want you to go to the website, dogtalktv.com. The link is in the show notes and buy some books and know that you're helping the rescues and you're helping your family and the next generation learn about respecting and loving animals. Dogtalktv.com. Okay, by the time this ad is over, I will be your new best friend. Well, not just me, the folks at Ralston Family Farms. RalstonFamilyFarms.com. If you've ever listened to my podcast, you know they're longtime sponsors of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast and a lot of things that I do because we get each other. I tell you, the way that they they do their business, uh, the Ralston family there in North Arkansas, 10 generations of farmers. Uh, Sustainability is the name of their game. Um, non-GMO product, all those things, right? Those are important. But the other thing they do, y'all, is they post these recipes on their website and they're my go-to. So my go-to for the month of June is going to be this rice salad with pineapple, cucumbers, and pecans. I know your mouth just watered because there's bacon in it too. I have one here who is dairy-free and it's got goat cheese in it. So it's a perfect recipe to accompany that whatever you're doing in the summer, whether you're grilling ribs or pork or steaks or chicken, this is the great side dish for you. And that's what they do at Ralston Family Farms. They provide not just the side dishes, but they. Can be main dishes too with rice and of course we're talking about the Ralston family brand and that's the one you can find at Whole Foods Fresh Market Kroger if you're shopping for rice they have it and if you can't find it shop online ralstonfamilyfarms.com
1: She won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said podcast with your host Lisa Fisher
0: Okay longevity physician how many people can say they're one of those
1: <laughs> well i had not heard the term myself uh, before uh, I, I i actually started to try to figure out what do i call myself you know there's so many terms out there family medicine doctor functional medicine right uh, personalized care lifestyle medicine and and just sort of what encompasses everything that we do we created brain lift program and metabolic programs and all these things. And, and so ultimately what we figured out is longevity kind of encapsulates a lot of what we do. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot more people could call themselves that, but I think uh, what we do as far as the combination of, of the types of treatments we offer and, and all of that is, yeah, longevity.
0: Well, I beg to differ. I think conventional Western medicine is about short They they really they they don't they want you to live longer to take their medicines, but they really don't want you living longer to live a better life, and mitigating insulin and doing all the things that give us longevity. So, what do you think some of the keys are? I know that it's got to be insulin. I mean, we now know that insulin resistance has so much to do with how many years we get to click on our belt, uh, you know, Mm and having birthday cakes. But what do you think are some of the biggest? things that can help us see more birthdays and and feel our best?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you're right. So blood sugar, insulin balance is critical. And with that, uh, really, if I had to pick one thing that people could do, it's always hard to pick. Is it the things you eat or is it the way that you move or is it connections yeah. or stress control? Uh, but as far as longevity goes, I would say probably – uh, exercise, and a variety of different exercise, including strength training, is going to yeah. be number one. Uh, it's going to help with that insulin resistance. We know that mitochondria are a key player in um, any type of chronic disease process, the, the mitochondria are affected. And so, the more that we have healthy, living, um, regular, regularly um, fed mitochondria, the more likely we are to live longer and to have not only a longer uh, lifespan, but a longer health span to be able to yeah. really enjoy that quality of life. So but when exercise you, is a big one.
0: Yeah, I see that. When did you finish medical school? Like when did you start practicing?
1: Uh, so I finished med school in 2011, finished residency in 2014. So I've been practicing since then.
0: Was anyone talking about mitochondria then? <laughs>
1: no. You know, there was a very uh, minimal discussion even in medical school about mitochondria and mi- mitochondrial dysfunction. And it was typically like, you know, something that somebody's born with that they usually don't live very long, that type of mitochondrial dysfunction, rather than the way that that affects lifestyle and chronic disease and all of that.
0: So with mitochondria, the powerhouse to the cell, Right. And we now know that we were wrong about genetics. It's not just the genetics or as Mark Hyman says, it's not, uh, you know, the loading the gun and firing the pistol. you know, lifestyle. So we can, because of epigenetics, then we can kind of change the course of mitochondria. Am I overstating that?
1: No, for sure. That's so true. I I wish everybody could understand that because I, you know, you and I, and so many people try to get that message out and yeah. I talk to people every day who are like, well, you know, my dad died of this or my mom right. died of this oh, or everybody every in my family is obese. Right. So I'm just going to be that way. Right. Right. Right.
0: Aren't you glad to know, though, that there, there is a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow? And it's in things that you can control. Now, right. trauma is a different thing. Okay. And I'll, I'll give trauma that. Mm. But I'm listening to Gabor Mate's book, The Myth of Normal, right now. And, you know, he made all the rounds in social media when his book came out. Fascinating science behind it. But he's saying it's not the trauma. It's how your body reacted to the trauma. Mm -hmm. That is what leads the imprint, which I thought was fascinating. But besides trauma, we're going to put that over here. Um, What are some things we can do for our kids now to help them have really strong mitochondria?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know we talked about exercise and movement. So certainly getting your kids outside, yeah, having the benefits of the sunshine and the vitamin D and just the interaction with nature. I think there's yes. so much power in that, and so few people take advantage of it nowadays. I, you know, I'm a father of five kids, and so I know how tricky it is when there's electronics all the time, and yes. we're busy, and so it's so easy to just say you do this or, or play on this, and the kids want to, but. Uh, it's so critical for the kids to just be outside. There's a connection with nature and a power there that seems to power that mitochondria, just that part, but movement and exercise and engagement with your kids, I think is, is uh, so critical. And then of course, the things that you're feeding them. Uh, One of the things that we, we so often hear from parents is, you know, my kids don't like whatever this food is. Right. Uh, And, and what, I try to tell people is kids aren't born with an automatic. Most kids aren't born with an automatic dislike for certain foods. There are, there's certainly texture and other sensitivities Mm -hmm. and and the more kids that have kind of autism, autism spectrum Mm -hmm. issues that they're probably more of those issues, but finding nutritious foods that kids like is still a possibility. Uh, And so really uh, feeding kids, the rainbow of foods is the easiest way to look at it so they can have the antioxidant benefits. Um, if you can build that sort of robust um, resilience in kids from an early age where they, they're constantly taking in antioxidant-rich foods, uh, that's going to be critical as far as fighting off issues that going to affect mitochondria. So even things like COVID, for example, right? Uh, we know that one of the major effects that COVID has, it causes these long-term uh, symptoms of brain fog and fatigue and so many other symptoms is because of the toxic effect that it has on the mitochondria. And so, uh, we, we've we found from uh, n- numerous studies now that the more antioxidants that, that people are taking in when they go into uh, an infection like COVID, the less likely they are to have long COVID and, and uh, the long-lasting effects of mitochondrial dysfunction. Uh, and so, just, <clears throat> I think those are two huge ones, just Uh, a balanced, nutritious um, approach, primarily plant-based, but getting in lots of healthy omegas and good uh, healthy proteins, and then um, engaging with your kids outside and keeping them active.
0: Well, you live there in God's country. I love Mesa, Utah, (laughs) and I don't want to tell anyone about it because I don't want y'all buying a place there because I want to buy a place there while it's still affordable. I go go every year. We get in the car. We drive there. It is a magical Mm. state with sunlight. That's amazing. Now I've only been there in the warmer months, so it was perfect. I'm sure the colder months are really cold because you know I I have a TV. I've I've seen where y'all have snow. But (laughs) how much sunlight do you want? So our kids are institutionalized all day with uh, schooling, which is overdoing it, right? 7.30 to 2.30 or 3. And then some go to aftercare programs and then they're in all these different activities. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. It, <laughs> how much time do you want those uh, five little Nordas outside in the sunlight?
1: Uh, so in general, you want to say at least an hour a day outside. That's minimal right now. Okay. If they're outside, if it's a Saturday and it's 95 or 105, we actually live in Southern St. George, uh, Southern oh. Utah, St. George. So it's, so it's very like warm warmer. here. Yeah, um, But if, you know, if, if, if they're not used to the sun and they're outside for an hour straight with their shirt off and swimming in our pool, then of course they're more likely to get sunburned. So you have to be careful with it, but an hour total, at least a day would be ideal. Uh, They're going to get typically somewhere between 10,000 and 20,000 units of vitamin D by soaking in, uh, in that 30 minutes, depending on how much clothing and cloud cover and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And Hopefully you're not totally lathering them up with sunscreen. That's going to block all those benefits. So, yeah, thirty to sixty minutes would be ideal.
0: Now, are you almost are you almost in the Four Corners or where there's desert?
1: We're, we're yeah we're desert like uh, Zion National Park closer yeah. to Las Vegas yeah. that, that area yeah. yeah
0: yeah that does get hot. I was thinking more of the Salt Lake area. And yeah, we where, grew,
1: we grew up up there, but
0: oh, that is and where they do the film festival. Mm. If you Beautiful. people haven't been, I, I could be on the travel board for Utah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I am quite impressed with the, the rest of the state, but I do love Arizona and, and the desert areas. So again, sunlight is so important um, and getting them outside. Do you supplement your kids with vitamin D then at that point?
1: Uh, not during the sunnier times of the year. During the winter, yeah, it's a good idea to supplement with vitamin D. And it's so easy. Vitamin D drops are really easy to take. Uh, they, they do tend to be better absorbed if you have a little bit of vitamin K in there and there are a lot of right. options there to do that. Um, but yeah, if they're out 30 to 60 minutes a day, pretty consistently in a sunny time, they probably don't need it.
0: Now, so you are light eyed, are your children light eyed?
1: Yeah. Blue or green, all of us.
0: Okay. So isn't it the lighter the eyes, the higher your vitamin D get? Right. Cause I've redheaded children. Shockingly. Mm-hmm. And their vitamin D is higher than mine with my Russian Ashkenazi Jewish skin. Yeah. So that's the one benefit for, for your people, <laughs> you light <you> eyed <laughs> people, is that you absorb more vitamin D, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So that's yeah. a benefit now, right there.
1: You know, it's been interesting for me to see also that here we are in the desert, we get 300 plus sunny days, usually 320 plus sunny days a year. So we get a lot of sun here. Uh, uh, And still we see a ton of people with vitamin D deficiency, you know, so, and some of these people are working outside. So it's not always just sun exposure. There are other things. The immune system uh, really consumes a lot of vitamin D with certain conditions, inflammatory conditions, autoimmune Uh. conditions, for example, and so just assuming, hey, I spend time outside, my yes. vitamin D is fine, is not good enough. You definitely should get it tested.
0: Well, plus they were, we were all brainwashed for years to slather on that poison and it blocked the very thing vitamin D was supposed to do. And that was synthesize. I mean, right. how, how, how dumb, I, I'm so mad at myself for believing all those things for so long. And that was one of them. So I, I think I started, um, probably 10 years ago, my vitamin D cause I was, inside a building. I was in, on the radio, you know, obviously wasn't outside. I wasn't, you know, mm. doing TV stuff. I was, I was inside. I think I started like a lot of women in their forties, fifties at like 27 or 30, like 25 to 30, really low. Everybody's so everybody's. And right. so I've worked mine up. I think the last time I checked, I was 55 and I'm trying to get to 70. My blonde haired, blue eyed husband, he's now silver haired, but his real light eyes, he's at a 70 with his vitamin D. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm working hard, but I don't wear sunscreen and I'm, you know, proud of that fact. But now we're seeing two that seed oils, if you have a diet, high in seed oils and you use carcinogenic sunscreens, that's why our grandparents didn't have skin cancer. I mean, maybe one had a melanoma or because he wrote it, because we're in Arkansas where we had a lot of farmland. So your mm. grandfather, great grandfather was on a tractor all day and he didn't have right. a cab that was UV protected. All right, I'll give you that. But he also probably smoked because everybody smoked in the mm. 50s and 60s. But aren't you seeing that diet has another way to complicate our health conditions like that and cause things like melanoma?
1: For sure. Yeah. You know, what we find with pretty much every condition and skin cancer is one of those. It's, it, it's certainly uh, the sun can contribute in an, uh, you know, if you get burn after burn or burn on top of burn, Then, you, but what, what really happens is it's an inflammatory process, right? And so if you're having abnormal cell production, but you're taking in a lot of antioxidant rich foods and living an overall anti-inflammatory yeah. life, then you're very unlikely to get a concerning um type of any type of cancer, but but especially skin cancer. All those things are possible. You know, there are people who live really healthy lives and still get certain types of cancer, right? But we're talking odds. We're going to dramatically decrease our risk by doing yeah. those things. And, well, what and are, omega-3s and sorry. Yeah. So oils are going to be a big part of that, right? We think about Uh, the way that the skin, the sun affects our skin. So uh, oils are a really important way to help ourselves to to stay healthy within uh, over the summertime, right? As we go into these warmer uh, months of the year. Uh, So omega-3s are a big part of that. Eating a lot of good, healthy fish. Uh, We talk about the smash fish, right? So it's the sardines, mackerel, anchovies, uh, salmon, herring, most of those mm. fish that people don't eat much of. I love them. Um, they're so high
0: at, in fat. So right? good. Yes. And they're
1: so good. And the thing is that so many people, when I say those things, they're like, that's disgusting. I'm like, have you ever tried it? Most of them haven't. Most of them look at those fish and just think that could that would be gross. Uh, but honestly, there's so many great ways to, to take those in. And if all you can do is eat tuna, then... You can eat pretty much any of those fish and flake them up and eat them like you eat tuna. So mm. um, but so that's omega-3s are really big. You can take in fish oil if you don't have enough. Uh supplementing is, is not a bad idea. If you're not eating fish at least two to three times a week, then you probably do need to supplement with some omega-3 fish oil or or krill oil or or um some healthy oil uh for those uh borage oil is another one, or flax okay. oil for for those who are vegetarian or vegans. Um But then also taking in other healthy fats. So like olive oil is a really easy one. Mm -hmm. The more oils that you have, the more oils you naturally uh, have in your skin, the less likely you are to get burned and to have uh, the negative effects of skin exposure uh, or sun exposure in your skin. Uh, And I actually love to just, people think I'm crazy, but I just take really high quality olive oil and that's what I put on my skin every day too. Um, so, you know, get out of the shower while you're still a little bit wet, yeah. put a little bit on, uh, also just a really great way to keep your, your skin healthy.
0: Right. I do that with coconut oil and you'll hear like someone will say, well, my grandmother used uh, lard and when she cooked, she would then put it on her hands and she was 90 and didn't have brown spots and, you know, mm-hmm. egg spots like her peers. So there's, again, I mean, it, it, we go back to just common sense in this. I always say, if God made it, eat it. You know, and God made the things we're talking about. God made. I can't think of who the company is. I've been getting the. I didn't realize I had a whole line of smash fish, but I've been doing the anchovies, mackerel in cans that are um, by the people who make athletic wear. Uh, They're for people who hike, and I can't remember. And I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, But I found somebody here in Arkansas who it is for people who do like are going to climb Kilimanjaro, you know, they get these Mm -hmm. foods in a can because they're so sustainable, but they're in those oils and they are so good and it's good for you. So you're not worried about mercury at that point with those fish?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so the, the, um, the only one that that you do worry about mercury with is, is the, uh, salmon on that. It's the bigger fish that have a longer lifespan that can just, uh, accumulate more mercury over time. But those small fatty fish, Almost no mercury.
0: Okay. What's your philosophy then, or scientific opinion on 60 to 75% of people in the West having parasites? And that could mm. be from foods, that could be from running outdoors, stepping in dog poop. What, what do you think about all that?
1: Yeah. I, you know, the numbers are hard to say. I think what I find is a lot of people with chronic inflammatory issues have parasites. And then a lot of other people do too. And the, the question that I think research is still trying to answer is, is that a bad thing? Right?
0: Right. I understand.
1: We, right. So we we know that there are certain aspects of parasites that actually treat autoimmune conditions because of the way that they help balance the inflammatory um, cascade that happens inside the gut. Okay. So uh, that would be my number one. Uh, question is, is is it a bad thing? Number two is, for a lot of people, it is a bad thing. Um, okay. For a lot of people, it can be a really bad thing and it can trigger an inflammatory response. It can, uh, just depending on the parasite and on the individual and what their gut microbiome is like and their genetics and all of that, right? So, it's, it's a little different in each person and which parasite it is. Um, but uh, for sure, they What we do in this uh, functional medicine, lifestyle medicine uh, realm is really trying to find those underlying causes for conditions. And so I I really had no idea that parasites were an issue, that mold was an issue, that uh, these chronic infections were problems until I started to try to dive in and find what was causing people's autoimmune problems or just chronic fatigue or other things. And and then I was shocked to find that most people that I tested had some type of parasite in there. Uh, and it's just a matter of having the right type of testing to be able to find it, right? Mm-hmm. If I just do a typical like quest or lab core through right. the hospital here, test a stool test, they not, almost never find not it. Not going to find it, right? But what do you yeah. use? Uh, so I use uh, several different. I use Genova Diagnostics does a, okay. a GI effects stool test. I, I do that quite a bit. Uh, there's some a couple other like GI Map tests that, right. that people do, um, and then there's actually. Uh, somebody here, and and this is done all all throughout the world, who does uh, a live blood cell analysis where they prick your finger, put it under the um, microscope, and they they try to see right there what's living in your blood. And that one's always really exciting (laughs) for patients when you see some big parasite or worm floating around in your blood, right? So...
0: Ew. Yeah,
1: that one's the other one, yeah.
0: That's what everybody's saying right now. Ew, David.
1: Right, um, right. What,
0: what about hair analysis? Do you ever think that's a diagnostic tool?
1: You know, I, I really, I keep hoping that we're going to see consistent results from hair analyses and and you probably, if you have five different doctors, you'll get five different um, recommendations or thoughts or opinions on this. But for me so far, I haven't found consistent results between Um, companies, or if I do a hair analysis on somebody and then also send in like a stool test and something else, I rarely get the exact same results back. So it's hard for me when I'm going to put a lot of effort and ask these people to make major changes and put in uh, some big treatment plans to put all of my trust in hair analyses at this point.
0: Okay. I see that. It's just not there yet. Right. It's not there yet. Um, how do you treat then parasites if someone gets diagnosed? Is it individual to the type of worm it is?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is. Of course, there's nutrition in there, right? You're trying not to feed the parasites too much. Yeah. You're you're doing more of a detox type food plan with lots of plants and lower starches and sugars and things like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it does depend on which worm it is. Um, sometimes we do prescriptions, uh, sometimes a short- Prescription, depending on how old the person is, and potentially how long they've had it, and sometimes they have to do it long term. I almost always do some type of a natural product in addition to it. I love CellCore Biosciences yeah. and the, the parasite uh, cleanse that they have. Yeah. I, I've known Jay and Todd uh, for quite some time. Yeah, that's and, a great and, company, uh, just a really good company, mm-hmm. and and the their uh, approach to sort of setting up the systems to your eliminating really well first, your body's ready to eliminate before you start binding and killing things. I think it's really smart. And then you start that process of binders and then start to kill. And then you have much less of the die-off effect and and all of that. So like the mimosa pudica is is one of those binders that seems to work really well to pull the parasites out.
0: Well, I have a friend here who's all into natural remedies. Son had cancer and realized what a racket that is. But, you know, in order to keep keep his kids alive. They run out in fields where there's a lot of cattle and they're Mm. with, without, you know, there, he has four children and they run and play. And he said, it's inevitable when you are running outside, he says with no shoes on that you could have some worm proliferate, proliferate, that word where you get. (laughs) And he does, you remember, you know, in 2020, everyone blew up, but he does ivermectin. He said, yep. you can get it at the feed store. I mean, you have to say it, you have to whisper, or someone's gonna arrest your kids, right? right but he said, right. I, I do that, I give them a syringe of it, and he said, because I want them outside. It's my goal to keep these kids outside playing because sunlight is so important, so valuable to be grounding outside. But have you yeah. ever used ivermectin beside for the COVID word?
1: <laughs> right. And I, hope, yeah, I don't this even want to say it. I want right? to get shadow banned. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've had so many ivermectin prescriptions that have been rejected by pharmacies here, and it's, it gets so frustrating. But uh, you have to now spell out, no matter where you send it, it seems like, unless it's one of these trusted compound pharmacies that I'm friends with, right. uh, you have to spell out this is for parasites, That's or crazy. they won't even. Uh, oh, they fill won't. The prescription. They won't
0: write it then for COVID.
1: No, a certain no, ones no, They won't. won't. Yeah. Yeah, a lot but, of them will But he said it.
0: you can get it at the feed store, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where, you know, you kind of have to trust what's coming in as far as the type of, <laughs> right. the quality of ivermectin. Right. And so I never have recommended anybody go to the feed store, but I have had lots of people go there during COVID especially.
0: And this is not medical advice. We're just having a chat here. So everybody calm <laughs> down. Exactly. I, I just thought it was funny when... Uh, He and I were talking, he said, oh, so many people have parasites and don't know it. And he's also the person who told me he would never eat sushi again. How do you feel about sushi because of the worm issue?
1: Uh, You know, I wish uh, (laughs) this guy that I, that I do, right. I wish I didn't love it because I do eat sushi. Um, You know, we're in Utah, so we don't get a lot of fresh sushi, so I don't eat it a lot. But we just got back from Panama last week and I ate sushi and I ate ceviche and you know oh, I, I ate plenty blood. of fresh fish there so yeah but yeah uh, the people who are constantly seeing the worms like the guy that i told you the test yeah. for us he's live blood cell analyses he won't eat it either and you know I, I i tend to think there are treatments for them and and i think it's okay to be exposed to a lot of different things you obviously have to be careful in the quality of sushi and the quality of fish that you eat but
0: Let's go over some facts right now for David's Burgers. Davidsburgers.com is the website. Fact number one. Fact number two, they've been open for 10 years now. You know them as the Bubba's family that really knows burgers because this is a second and third generation of people serving you quality hamburger meat. But also they've got a great catering option for you. You can do burger bar, that's for 10 or more guests, or you can do box lunches, 10 to 25 guests. Great option for you if you're feeding people. But here's something else. You're feeding people at home, but it may not be a big crew, and you want the really good meats, they've got them. You can buy them there now. You walk in and there's a freezer at all 10 locations of different options for beef. I got some chuck eye steaks, cooked that in my sous vide recently, and then seared it. Oh, my stars, that was good. I did the porterhouse steak. I got the sirloin, the ribeye. I'm thinking of all the things I've gotten there because they have them same price as what you get at a grocery store, but you know that they use really good beef at David's Burgers. So check it out. Go buy there have lunch there today, have dinner. You know this, they are closed on Sundays because they want you to worship with your family and they give back to the community, especially with adoption and foster care services. So check it out, davidsburgers.com. Hi friends, I wanna take a moment just to introduce you to something that I offer my listeners, my friends, my followers, and that is an online course where you can start fasting, today. Yes, I do love me some intermittent fasting. I am a certified health coach and I began fasting in 2017. It totally changed my life. It changed the way not only that I look at food and nourishment nutrition, but I take less thyroid medicine. Some autoimmune diseases have been reversed. It's really the magic of fasting. But sometimes people just need a coach or a partner. But, you know, it may be cost prohibitive to hire someone like me by the hour. Will do my online course, my online course, LisaFisherSaid.com slash Academy right now for an introductory price is $49.97. You can start fasting today. The first video in that series is free. So go ahead and check that out. But I want you to get healthy and you can do it affordably. And then I'll save you money in the long run because you buy less food. (laughs) It's a great thing. I love fasting I bet you will too. LisaFisherSaid.com slash Academy.
1: That's well, me. I just love fish too much to not I eat those I do too. Things. I feel
0: the same way. I love ceviche. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm the girl that eats carpaccio. I mean, I'll eat raw beef, tuna tartare, mm. beef tartare, steak tartare in a minute. It's just yeah. to me how God intended. He didn't want it burnt on the grill. Exactly. So, exactly. I, and I wonder sometimes GI issues. I'm going, uh, part of it is my diet though. Uh, I'm enjoying my life. And that's the important thing. <laughs> um, what's your perspective on, um, something a lot of us are doing now We're we're looking at red light therapy and then the sauna, the, is it red light sauna therapy? Is that, that's, I have the Jew, ju- I have the red light, but now they're mm-hmm. doing red light sauna, right? Am I saying that right?
1: right? Yeah, I would, uh, I'm tempted to walk you into our sauna room right now, but we actually have a sauna in our walk-in closet. I, okay. I get in there pretty much every morning. You know, I, as a, uh, a doctor who deals with chronic disease prevention every day, uh, what uh, the, the research around things that you can do, right, that are easy that you can add into your schedule, this just makes so much sense if you can make it work to have infrared sauna uh, on a regular basis. Now, of course, you're going to get a lot of those benefits from the sun. Okay. Um, but really that intense kind of sweating. So if you're exposed to like mold or toxins yeah. or other things, which we all are exposed to, uh, it's just so it's such a great way to eliminate toxins. It has an anti-inflammatory benefit. There's some direct cognitive benefits, mitochondrial benefits. So I love it. And and on top of that, adding red light therapy into it is, is really beneficial. So uh, yeah, we do a lot of red light therapy again, red light tends to be the anti-inflammatory, yes, uh, yes. benefit there. And so, and also not only anti-inflammatory, but it seems to have a pretty, uh, great effect. I've noticed, especially for myself, if I'm overly stressed and I just, I'm having a hard time kind of calming myself down, getting into that red light in the sauna kind of has that effect of bringing down my energy level, uh, the, the, the cortisol. constant sort of mm-hmm. cortisol levels, yeah. right. And my, my, uh, overstimulation in my brain to be able to calm that down. So it has multiple effects.
0: I absolutely hate sweating. I hate hot weather and I hate cold <laughs> weather. I'm like baby bear's porridge. I want it just right. So I haven't done the cold therapy and I do the sauna. We now have a cold therapy at our gym. My husband wants to buy the red light sauna. It's just deciding where in the house, you know, we're going to put it. Um, yeah. So I absolutely hate sweating, but I do it because I think Huberman says you need to do 56 minutes a week or whatever. I'm, you know, barely eking out 20, <laughs> but do you, are you doing the cold plunges?
1: Yeah. Well, you're going to yeah, live I, to
0: 190. You're going to be at the nursing <laughs> home leading them in kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, because yeah, hey, if you're doing all the things and you're that young.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's, that's the goal. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, you know, a little bit of my story, my dad passed away from Alzheimer's disease. And so it was kind of that slap in the face where I had studied neuroscience, I was a doctor, I should have all the answers. And I felt like, okay, this is probably in my future, if I don't do something different, I need to understand the disease process, I need to understand how to prevent it for myself for my family. And then also for the patients that come to me. And so, yeah, accumulating that that information. And, and then, you know, and as a longevity physician, of course, you're looking into like, what are all the things that are going to help us to live longer? And you, we're talking about mitochondria and just all the benefits there, but certainly, yeah. So what I do is, uh, I, I do my, uh, infrared sauna in the morning. I do 45 to 60 minutes. I'm sweating in there, a but I day? just take the, a day. Yeah.
0: Your wife needs help with those five kids.
1: Hey, this is me waking up early. Okay. I wake up early. I get in the sauna first thing. I sweat. Wow. And this is my time to kind of meditate and ponder. I do my scripture wow. study in there. I do my wow. kind of daily plans for the day. And yeah. then I do, I come out, I either go right to the cold plunge or I yeah. do some exercise first and then cold plunge. So,
0: And w- yeah, then what is the benefit? Good. I mean, I, I want you to, t- I wish you could write me a pill for this. Just say, here's your cold plunge plunge pill because I'll do this on it. <laughs> what are the benefits then? Why is cold plunge such, I mean, the thing of 2023, I
1: feel like. Yeah. Uh, so, so many things, but but we know with like heat and cold, you get the shock proteins, which we we have seen play a role in um, kind of clearing out uh, debris. We know that uh, it, it increases that, that ability for your body uh, to uh, kind of, yeah, the, the autophagy, that yeah, kind of well, self-eating, yeah. self-cleaning yeah. mechanism that happens in the brain to clear out dead and dying cells that happens in the body. And so aging, right, is, is tends to be a process of those cells kind of slowly breaking down and, and uh, having those older and dying cells and having the effect around them of the, um, the oxidative stress and all of that. And so the more that you clear that out, the less likely you are to have the effects of aging and inflammation and, and all of that. And so certainly it has that um, partly through that and, and also through other mechanisms. It has an anti-inflammatory kind of pain relieving benefit. It stimulates oh, your brain.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it, it does increase your cortisol uh, initially. And, and but so that's uh,
0: hormetic stress, right?
1: Exactly. Like, in, yeah. like with fasting. Right. So you get that quick boost of cortisol that gives your body kind of that that boost of energy. And then, yeah, that hormesis that you're talking about yeah. allows the body to kind of get used to stress, right? The the thing mm-hmm. that I talk about so much in my, my reels and recordings that I do all the time is you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you want to live yeah. long and healthy life, you yeah. got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, and sometimes that means eating things that you don't always love. Sometimes it means moving when you don't want to move sometimes it means getting in cold when you don't want to get in cold um you are like my wife she's she's like i'll do anything else but i, I will not get in cold uh and that's okay you know ultimately we just do the most things that we can to kind of shift the scales in the right direction
0: dave asprey will say the you know father of biohacking that um so when i leave the gym he says if you can come home then and just do the coldest shower you know baby steps for people like my right. wife and i do the coldest shower that hits your face, you know, they're saying now to take your face in a bucket of ice water in the morning, that Mm -hmm. that's another good thing that wakes things up, you know, and it clears away brain fog and all these things. So maybe that's how I'll do it. Again, in 2017, I was introduced to this concept of intermittent fasting. I was the girl that had to eat 19 times a day because I I was told I was hypoglycemic, I had a thyroid problem. You know, I was going to die if I didn't eat that often, mm. and I'm the girl who did a five day fast last summer. So
1: that's awesome,
0: and that's a muscle. I mean, I feel like fasting is a muscle, but I'm sure the other things it's just tolerance. And my daughter just got back from Thailand and did several cold plunges, and she says, "Mom, it's one thing; it's mind for sure." And she said she she's uh, big into breathing, and she said if you can get your mm. breath work right you know and she did it several times and just loved yeah. it i was like you're yeah. weird it's crazy <laughs> when your kids are weirder than you
1: that's right that's and, right yeah i mean i i feel the same way I, I would say still just about every time i'm getting into the cold there's a part of my brain that's like why are we doing this this yes. is this isn't comfortable this is miserable yeah. and you get in and then once you get that breathing down it's like i don't know it's a different space right you're wow. not you're not comfortable but you're in a different space in your mindset and in other things. And it's just a different way. And then when you get out, you feel amazing, right? You get that kind of buzzing, like, yeah, just feels good. So, okay. yeah, I, I think might
0: try it tomorrow.
1: <laughs> Putting it
0: off one more day. Um, now, tell me about your father's um, dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, are you a member of the Latter day Saints? So clean diet. So, you know, a lot of times we look at Alzheimer's as type three diabetes, you know, and he still could have had high insulin, but he he led a pretty clean life. So what do you think was the root cause of his?
1: Yeah. You know, as I read through, once I found uh, Alzheimer's research, right, I I found, I heard my dad's diagnosis. I started to dive into what was out there besides what I knew and found Dr. Del Bredesen and all the research he's done with his team at UCLA and, and then. Uh, the Scherzeyes, uh husband and wife neurologist team uh, and, and so many others uh, throughout the world have done this research. And so uh, what I what I started to do is just break down my dad's life in functional medicine. They train us through Institute for Functional Medicine to just like create a timeline of of events in his life. So I did that for my dad. And uh, it was shocking, actually, to realize how many risk factors he had that I had no idea oh, would play a role in so Alzheimer's disease. So diet
0: wasn't diet's not the only thing.
1: That's not even close to the only thing so mm. unfortunately he didn't have a great diet um you know he didn't smoke and he didn't drink alcohol but but he lived on Pepsi in fact okay. growing up every ailment I had he was like hey I just have this Pepsi that'll fix it <laughs> that's
0: like my big so, fat Greek wedding and the windex <laughs>
1: sit here exactly put windex it. on
0: it um wait so i I didn't think you people had caffeine I mean we're not going to talk about him if he's already passed on I'm not going to talk ugly but I, do y'all not drink caffeine or do you
1: Coffee, we don't. Oh, coffee, you Uh, don't. Okay. Right. So, yeah, there's still a lot of people who drink soda and other sources of caffeine. No judgment for me. No judgment. I'm (laughs) I'm just trying
0: to make deductive reasoning in my head. Okay.
1: Yep. 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 But let me tell you. So, yeah, as I broke down that that timeline for my dad, I started to look at. So, I mentioned um, his nutrition, and and actually, he worked shift work. He was an amazing, Uh, amazing person. He worked at Hill Air Force Base, he he did um, shift work. And so, his whole circadian rhythm was never yeah. correct. It was always off, uh, and so he he worked typically about two thirty in the afternoon until somewhere around one in the morning. He'd come yeah. home. He would eat before he went to bed, not sure, yeah. right? Because he was starving. Yeah, um, he'd come home and eat, and then he would go to bed, and then he would often wake up really early to see me and my brother off to school. Because again, he was just amazing, and so his sleep was was just not good. So he had that part going for, uh, against him. We had a cherry orchard growing up. And so, uh, and we had access to these incredible cherries. What we didn't know was all the pesticides that they put into the things he had to spray oh, and he was goodness. the one out there spraying. So oh. <clears throat> he was out there on our tractor spraying those mm. trees, you know, throughout uh, mm. every season. And so he had exposure to that, uh, mm. for years and years and years. Um, and then, mm. He lost his hearing at a young age. Um, Did he
0: really? Like how it, old? It,
1: not lost, lost, but his hearing started to go down when I was pretty little. So he must well, have been in his 40s.
0: Wait, that's that new study that Dr. Dale just talked about in the last few weeks. People who lose their hearing have a higher incidence of dementia and cognitive decline because then they pull away and have more loneliness. Isn't, am, I, am I saying that right?
1: You just said exactly what happened. Isn't that yeah, amazing? So. It's so sad. And that's exactly, you know, I had no idea at the time, but looking back, I realized that's what happened to my dad. You know, at church, he started to kind of sit further and further back. He didn't want people to call on him, right? Because he wasn't sure that he heard the answer correct or the question right. And same thing happened in social settings. So he stopped socializing as much, even in his work environment. And so as he retired, he basically kind of pulled away from, from everything else and was just on his own. And then, he lost his ability over time to exercise as well. He had been a marathon runner, actually, wow. uh, and just lost his ability to exercise. And so that went down mm-hmm. and down and down. And so there was just one strike after another of things that that we now know cause uh, mm-hmm. these issues that, that I could see as I created that timeline for him. And so again, same thing as you're like, you're doing all these things. This is yeah. why, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. seeing my dad and and seeing, okay, this is where I'm headed if I don't do all of this stuff. I, I tested my genetics and I know that I have that APOE4 gene you mutation. I know it? I'm at higher risk. Yeah. Is that right? Did yep, you
0: hear that's... Max Lugavere's um, convo with uh, Joe Rogan a year ago on the APO4? Um, he, he breaks it down. It was the no. most thorough of anything I'd heard because his mm. impetus for becoming a health coach and, or what health interests that he has is because of his own mother's dementia. And he does, I think he said he did carry a copy of it. Um, but it's a really fascinating thing. So is the science with that, that, that is truly the risk factor for you is the, the gene. But again, it's not just loading the gun. It's firing the pistol. It's your environment. You're trying to work against that. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's, yeah, I do have that genetic risk. And and again, that's, for me, that's one of the benefits of testing genetics in patients is to help you to see, okay, yeah, here's my risk factors. Here's the ways that I can work around that, specifically using lifestyle and nutrition and other things to not, you know, just to let this become my destiny. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, mm. it, there are certain subtypes of Alzheimer's disease and, and Dr. Bredesen goes into this a lot in his books yeah. as far as having APOE4 is going to put you at a higher risk for certain subtypes uh, where like toxic it is, you know, it, it's less likely to have an APOE4 gene mutation for those who are the toxic subtype of Alzheimer's because there are just so many other factors at play. So yeah, I just, you know, we all want to do everything that we can. And I think, again, it's, a, it's all about tipping the scales. The way that he explains it is filling the holes in the roof, uh, the, the, the water in the roof that's leaking in. And, and for me, it's just about tipping the scales in the right direction. So we're doing enough good things to be able to, to kind of maintain a, a, our mitochondrial balance, to have autophagy and cleaning ourselves out to, to uh, control our stress and sleep and all those things.
0: Now, which gene testing do you prefer to find the APOE four gene?
1: Uh, I love GX Sciences. I okay. think they do a really good job with uh, their genetic test. Okay. Um, but there are so many good ones out there. I mean, from uh, if you're uh, if you want to spend the least amount of money, like Father's Day, Mother's Day, there tend to be so many other genetic tests out there that you can do testing wise, uh, like 23andMe. Yeah. I know there are a oh, lot of people yeah. that don't want to do 23andMe and let their genetic information get out there, but, yeah. uh, but there, there are those options. And so, uh, and that one does tell you the APOE4.
0: Okay. Well, there's a part of me now, cause I have uh, an aging relative who I'm suspicious about. And because I don't prescribe to Western conventional medicine, my husband said the other day, well, why would we find out because he's 90 you know mm. we're not going to give the medicine cuz that even came out this a year ago that it was fraudulently the science behind the Alzheimer's drugs were the yeah. data was fraudulent i mean
1: not just so an sad. oops it
0: was fraudulent and right. so why why do i want to know or do i want to know if somebody's 90 and showing cognitive decline
1: Uh, do you want to know for that person you're saying or for yourself?
0: I don't, don't I'm not, I'm not worried about myself. So do I want to know, does it matter for that person to know? Or is it just another bunch of doctors a 90 year old is going to go to?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, 90 may be something different. There's, there's, uh, it depends probably on the individual if they're super healthy and there are a lot of things that they could still do and they're not showing signs of cognitive decline. And it's probably not worth, I mean, it probably is worth doing genetics. And so no, you can see yeah. exactly what you want to do to avoid it. If, if they're already in that, I don't know that there are a lot of benefits other than just seeing like uh, from the treatment standpoint, there are other genetic components that we can work around. So if somebody is 90 and having cognitive decline and you want to help prevent and reverse that cognitive decline, then the APOE4 is one very small aspect of the overall genetic right. picture that is very useful to see. How are they set up to detoxify and eliminate toxins? Right. How are they, uh, what's their inflammatory system set up to be like and the triggers there? Uh, what are their neurotransmitter signaling uh, genetically? What, how are they set up to, to deal with that? And so you can work around those in a very personalized way, but not just so you understand the risk.
0: Well, I guess the reason we have hesitance is this is a man of a generation that took the antibiotic because the doctor said you'd take them. or, or we we'll always ask, what did the doctor say? You know, we always yeah, go, yeah, we yeah. didn't go to a doctor. So he has a team <laughs> of doctors. All he and his wife do is go, their activities is going to doctors mm-hmm. and nobody's helping them. You know, he had a sleep yeah. study done a month ago and I go, wait a minute, people with cognitive decline start having sleep dysregulation. So, you know, I'm 12 years away from a medical degree. So ask me, clearly ask me anything. But with that, it was my (laughs) husband that said, but why would we want to know? Because he's not going to do, he's still going to eat his seed oil diet where they eat granola bars all day and drink Mm -hmm. sugar and stay up too late. You know, I mean, they're not going to do the things that could put him on the road to health. And I agreed with that. You know, because yeah. you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink.
1: Very true. Yeah, that. So in that case, yeah, it's probably not. Yeah. There's probably right. not a benefit if there if somebody's not willing to make the changes necessary. And and when we started sort of creating this brain lift program that we had to prevent cognitive decline, we we basically felt like we would just throw it out there to everybody, and then we quickly got a lot of um, experience in, in seeing who it's going to benefit, right? And and it's truly those who are willing, number one, who are to, willing and number two, who work. are able to make changes. That's right. right?
0: Because it, so. is, it is a concerted effort with a lot of times the spouse or the kids or who kind of who they're accountable to, to make sure that yeah. they're maybe getting a fast in every day and maybe not eating packaged foods. I mean, the things we tell ourselves we know would benefit an a senior population. Tell me about the program you have then with your practice and you help people with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like I was saying, we, we created this, it's a brain lift neuroprotective program. Okay. Again, we, we basically took the research that was available uh, a few years ago and then have since added to it and and continue to adjust it. But it was based a lot of it on Dr. Del Bredesen's protocol. And then we added in other research and what we were doing was <clears throat> Again, trying to sort of maximize everything that somebody can do for themselves. And so there's a, a month long.
0: So uh, on, on the front end, so that we're not dealing with this or have they already been diagnosed at this point? Uh,
1: we have both. Okay. Uh, it's really, as as you know, for pretty much any chronic disease, it's way more effective if you do it before you have it. Yeah, uh, And so and most of the signs don't show up until 20, 30 years down the road of yeah. the disease process uh, playing. Out, So we really try to target people who are self-motivated, who maybe are in my situation that have a parent uh, who's been through something and they're motivated to, to make changes themselves. Because unfortunately, it's fear that motivates us, right, uh, a lot of times. And so seeing somebody go through that process. But, but some of these people are uh, like newly diagnosed with um, like mild cognitive impairment yeah. or beginning signs of dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, And a lot of them, actually, we also have a lot of people who have come in because of, like I was mentioning before, the post-COVID kind of brain fog and fatigue issues. So it's really about kind of optimizing cognitive performance and fitness. And so it's uh, there's a month of nutrition really based around, we do the five Fs of nutrition, really six Fs of nutrition around fats. Really, what are the types of fats? Because we've all been brainwashed into not eating fat, right? Uh, and so what are the types of fats that are going to fuel our body the best and, and especially fuel our brain and fiber really uh, helping to control cholesterol helping to control other uh, uh, effects that might be negative for our bodies and helping to maintain regular digestion and feeding the, the gut microbiome that bacteria right. so the fiber is the prebiotic for that and so getting in a lot of fiber into our diet is really helpful flavor is part of that. So we do spices and herbs and really trying to get all of those anti-inflammatory, antioxidant benefits from the spices that, again, a lot of people aren't using. They're available to us. They add so much flavor and, and mm-hmm. good stuff to our food. And they also do the same thing with uh, with our health, a lot of health benefits. Is there. it like
0: turmeric and, um? I mean, a lot of Middle Eastern spices, actually.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Turmeric yeah. and saffron and cumin, yeah, saffron, and, yeah, cumin yeah. Uh, parsley and cilantro yeah. and thyme and dill and all those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so the more that you can do that, the better. Um, so flavor is part of that. Um, we, we cheated with the F on this one, did phytonutrients with the pH, right? right. So this one is right. really plants. And again, it's, it's about getting the colorful fruits and veggies. Uh, if you look at the research there there've been so much research done on cognitive, uh, uh impairment and cognitive decline and the things that help the most and it seems like nutrition wise the, the, there are a few things that help the most and so we try to package like these five f's into what should i do every day to try to boost my nutrition instead of just thinking about all the things that i can't eat and feeling bad for myself what are the five things that five f's and and so phytonutrients are one of those and colorful uh berries cherries sure. and deep greens are mm-hmm. going to be really loaded up with the nutrients that our brains need. Um, and so that's a big part of it. And then fasting that you mentioned yeah. is is another big part of that. So uh, whether that's intermittent fasting or the prolonged fasting that you yeah. mentioned with your five-day fast, uh, so many benefits with fasting with that autophagy, clearing out mm-hmm. dead and dying cells, but also just the the other healing benefits that uh, that fasting brings, uh, and the insulin uh, lowering benefits that, that fasting brings, and then fermented foods is the other one. So getting yeah. in a lot of naturally fermented uh, vegetables and other fermented foods. So so there's a <clears throat> excuse me. There's a month on nutrition. There's That's a month awesome. on detoxification and really optimizing our body's ability to eliminate toxins and, and just recognizing the, the way that we're, we're exposed to toxins around us and the things that we're cooking with, uh, yeah. the think our hygiene products, our cleaning products, all the things that are just loaded with toxins that we don't realize. Uh, there's a month on, uh, and we start the cognitive training from, from the very beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which is, uh, really trying to push the brain. So the idea is if you set the, the environment for the brain to have everything it needs and decrease inflammation and have the nutrients and hormones and everything it needs, and then you push the brain, right? So you're pushing it to uh, do things faster and harder and yeah. make new connections. So we do the cognitive brain training every day throughout the program. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, and then stress, of course, uh, optimizing the way that people interact with each other and connect with other and have a purpose in their life and, and um, the rest and optimizing the way that they're resting and relaxing and movement and exercise and optimizing the brain benefits of those. So that's, that's the program. It's basically all the things that we know can affect brain health that you have um, some ability to influence. Mm -hmm. And then of course, uh, ideally we tie that with uh, personalize it based on somebody's lab testing that's done ahead of time.
0: That's great. Okay. We'll put that link in our show notes because I think that would benefit everybody. And, um, we'll get people living longer and feeling our best. And that's what Dave Asprey yeah. always says. And Dr. Hyman says, I don't want to live longer to live longer. I want to feel my best as I live longer.
1: Right. So right.
0: in that Utah sunshine, you're living it up. Every day. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this.
1: All right. You bet. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.